Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. So glad that you're able to join me this week. All right, so my motivational quote today, everybody knows who he is. It's Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins, and the quote says, to effectively communicate, we must realize that we are all different in the way we perceive the world and use the understanding as a guest to our communication with others. Do you have a boss that's amazing? He or she maybe listens to your ideas, sits and brainstorms with you, empowers you to run with your project without micromanaging you? Wow, doesn't working for this person feel amazing and energizing? Do you look forward to going to work every day? Of course. How many of you are now laughing out loud at my previous description of a great boss? Why is that? Does your boss perhaps treat you totally opposite of what I just described? Are you micromanaged? Are you spoken to as if you're an idiot and that your ideas are the worst thing your boss has ever heard? Wow, how bad does that feel? Is there a balance with communication? Is there a balance with communicating effectively and productively with our boss? Is that even possible? Does this balance exist? Do not fear. We have an expert on this topic of successful business communication. Beverly Langford is the president of LMA Communication. LMA Communication is a consulting, training, and coaching firm that works with organizations and individuals on strategic communication, message development, effective interpersonal communication skills, team building, and leadership development. Beverly also uh, is the author of her newly released and completely updated book called The Etiquette Edge, Modern Manners for Business Success. Sit tight as Beverly helps us unravel some key concepts for us to utilize in order to create strong interpersonal skills to be heard, understood, and taken seriously. So Beverly, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm delighted to be here. Good afternoon. Yeah, so so good to have you again. Um, this is your second time on the show, and at the first time you were amazing, and I expect the same um, this time that our conversation is going to be amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to it. As am I. All right, so first question, and I hope my introduction made you chuckle a little bit because I know that we've all had um, managers or people we've reported to that have empowered us and have made us feel beyond insignificant. So how could your your manager's personality um, have an impact on you being able to get their attention, his or her attention, and be able to actually get your point across when communicating with them? Well, first of all, being able to communicate with your manager is a skill that people tell me over and over they wish they had, that to, to be able to communicate up in an organization, even though they may do fine with their peers or with the people who report to them, they wish they could do a better job of communicating upward in the organization. But interestingly, Connie, uh, I've heard managers say that they wish that people who work for them would do a better job of communicating up as well that they want people to come to them with their ideas, but come to them in a way that they are predisposed to listen. And so you ask about how the different personalities may work. Well, it's a good idea for you to know 
what kind of personality your boss has because it can have a lot to do with how receptive he or she may be to your ideas. And let me give you a couple of examples. Is your boss a morning person? Does this person come roaring into work, ready to go, full of new ideas, eager to, to hear what you have to say, or does this person's heart not start beating regularly until about 11 o'clock in the morning? And so if this is person gets, gets his or her second wind in the afternoon, just the timing of when you present your idea is going to be critical. Hmm. There are other things to think about. Is your boss someone who likes to chat first and then get down to business? Or is this someone who just is all business, doesn't want to mix a lot of the personal and the business? Uh, is this a person who wants to interact, have, have a, a lot of conversation, or does this person like to listen? Will this person sit quietly while you present your ideas, or you, should you come prepared to have a lot of give and take? Those are some things that can help you prepare yourself to share your ideas with your manager. You know, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever taught it or been exposed to, you know, there's so many different personality type tests out there, um, DISC, Myers-Briggs, I, I use DISC a lot with my clients because it's just a simple four quadrant module of how so people I. behave. Yeah, is DISC the one you use as well? It is. I, yeah. I use Myers-Briggs as well, but DISC is, the, is really one that I use a lot in business because it, it's easy to remember and yeah. it creates a common language. It really helps people understand what are the, the differences between them and another person. It's, I always in, assure people it's not to learn how to manipulate people. No. It's a way to learn how to understand them better so that you give them what, what they need. Yeah, and, and these personality measurements or behavioral models that Beverly and I are speaking about, they're not labeling people. It's just a benchmark of understanding. So, you, first of all, you know how you're wired, and then you understand and can it, it kind of see how other people are wired so you're able to shift as you communicate. So, again, the timing is the person, a morning person or a PM person, you need to know that, you know, if people need 20 cups of coffee before their brain gets going, um, don't hit them with highly uh, prioritized information that they're going to need first thing in the morning. And then the other thing is prepare, go in prepared with, do you need to chat, do chatty, you know, the nice, nice up front, or do you need to get in and get right to the point of the business at hand? So I think they're really important um, measurements to understand of who, who you're communicating with. Why, and the other thing, Beverly, before I ask my next question, um, how interesting that managers also have come to you saying, well, I wish my direct reports would learn how to communicate up to me and effectively and not be shy about it or be able to communicate clearly what their ideas um, might be to make whatever the program move forward, et cetera. That's very interesting. I would never have thought that. In fact, I had one vice president who said to me, I want someone who's going to be confident but not arrogant. Sure. I want someone who's going to 
to feel good about the ideas that he or she is bringing to me or sometimes the bad news that he or she's bringing to me. But I want that person to feel comfortable about it. And, of course, that comfort level comes, in my opinion, from your being extremely well prepared to go in and talk to your manager, no matter what the topic. Absolutely. You know, for me, it's so funny, Beth, whatever, no matter what I teach, I don't care what topic I teach, whether it's interacting with a customer, whether it's coaching an employee, whether it's getting up and presenting to one person or group of people, you have to be prepared. And if you're not, and people say all of the time, you, you can't afford not to be prepared. And I don't care what the interaction is, what the topic is, what the exposure is. You have to be prepared at every interaction. It makes you credible and it makes you, it, it makes people want to listen to you because you always go in with a thoughtful approach. So my next question is, what questions can people ask themselves to get a better snapshot of their manager's personality because I think this is such a key concept for them to be successful. Well, we touched on that to begin with uh, just a little bit, but is this person uh, someone, as I said, who, who is a, a very careful listener, who really wants to do a deep dive into a, a, a topic, or is this someone who really isn't interested in the details? Just give me the bottom line, give me the results, give me the goal that it's going to accomplish, and I'll let you work out the details. And so knowing the difference in your manager, because if you go in with this great idea and you really haven't thought it through, you go in with this great idea and it sounds wonderful, and then that person starts to ask you a lot of questions, you're going to be in, in, a, in a bit of trouble and lose some of your credibility. On the other hand, if this is someone who really just wants to know the bare bones, perhaps you have a good relationship, the person trusts you, and just, okay, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Tell me the resources you need and, and, then, and then run with it. If it's that kind of personality, then you're not going to bury this person with details. So just knowing what, what that person is interested in. Another way to ask, another question to ask yourself is, what is it that's really important to the boss? What is it that keeps him or her awake at night? And if you can get your idea to track with whatever is on that person's mind, the better chance you have of it getting accepted. So if you know that your boss is interested in cutting costs, or increasing sales, or improving sagging morale, then if there's a way that you can tie your idea to one of those initiatives that you know is extremely important to that person, then you're going to be ahead of the game in getting acceptance. Absolutely. Great, great ideas. Um, just to also add to that, a simple way that, Beverly, I, I help people kind of identify who they're speaking to, who the person is in front of them. And in this case, we're talking about people I, that we direct, our direct reports, who, who, we, who we report to. Um, think about it this perspective, from this perspective, and break it down into simple things like, are they fast-paced or slow-paced in their thinking and their response, how they speak, how they move? If they're faster-paced and you're a slower-paced person, you need to go in prepared to hit them with rapid-fire information um, to be able to keep up with them. Okay, and if you go exactly. too slow, you're going you're gonna to bore them and they're going to kind of dismiss you or, or tune out. 
The other thing, are they big picture thinkers or are they detail thinkers? If they're big picture thinkers and you go in with 20 pieces of research, after the first one, they're like, yeah, yeah, email me. Like, don't care. Tune, tune you out. If they're detail-driven, you, you need to go in with, with more detail. And then the other side of it is, are they all about the task or goal, or are they all about the relationship? And you touched on this before. If my manager is all about the relationship, then you better go in and do a little chit-chatty, right? The nice, nice, how was your weekend? What's going on? How's your day? How was your commute in? If they're all about business, get in there and say, hey, here are my thoughts on, on cost savings uh, or, or um, sales ideas to grow our business, et cetera, and just get to the point. So those, those simple things really do work. And you don't have to make it more complicated than that, right? Uh, exactly. And another point, Connie, is that if it, what you brought up about the are you task-oriented uh, uh, or people-oriented, and if you know that your boss is very much a people person that really cares about the employees, that wants to do whatever is good for the, for the greater good, sure. then if you can tie your, your message or your ideas to something that's going to benefit the most people in the organization, that also is a plus. You don't want to go in looking like that this is an idea that you're pitching that is self-serving, that this is something that's going to benefit you, but it's not going to do much for anybody else. In, in a case like that, particularly if you have a boss who's very benevolent, who wants to see everybody be happy, then that's not going to go over well with that person. Don't you think, Beverly, that I just find today when you go in truly, truly with an altruistic perspective again what no matter what your objective is but you go in for the greater good I just think more I don't care what their personality style is they're going to be so much more apt to listen and be open because people want solutions people want ideas and people do want to make a bigger impact than just me or just you right don't you find that to be more true today than ever before I do, I do, and and particularly since different people need different things, and if you can come up with ideas that can can benefit a diverse employee population or a diverse uh, customer base, then you're so much better off, and so is the company. Another thing that I would mention, Connie, is that you need to be prepared to answer questions. You may have the boss who's just the bottom line or, you know, I don't care, I trust you, go ahead and do it, but in most cases, particularly if there's money involved, somebody's going to want to ask a lot of questions, and it's important that you not take the, 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 the asking questions as a rebuke or a lack of trust it's just it's logical for someone to to drill down and ask questions about uh, have you thought about this or this or this and so I would recommend that when you come up with an idea and you want to pitch it to your boss you try to anticipate the possible questions that person may ask and be prepared in an organized way to answer them satisfactorily yeah, and be over-prepared, right? Isn't it better to go in, Bev, and say, you have all of your data in place, and the person asks you two questions, but you have 50, 50 answers. That's good. That's okay. Because what if he asked the other 49, right, or 48, and you weren't prepared? So always be overly prepared without debilitating yourself, too, on, on the same token, right? You have to go in with the right balance of preparation. But you really do need to go in with, with being prepared with expect the unexpected. I guess that's a good way to put it, right, Bev? 
Absolutely. And it's not a bad idea also, before you go in to pitch something to the boss, to use some other people as a sounding board, yeah. uh, to people whom you trust. That uh, do you, you know, what, what are the problems you see with this plan? How do you think it would benefit? And it's very important if someone has given you good ideas or good advice to give that person credit. Nobody Absolutely. wants to support the person who, who goes around and gets great ideas from people and then takes all the credit. Absolutely. So. Selfish. You, you know, the other, uh, good, another good point that you, you just made, um, go to people that you trust, but also you know are going to yes you to death, right? Because we all have those friends that, oh, Beverly, you're great, you're wonderful, and that's wonderful to hear, and you need those friends, don't get me wrong, or those colleagues, but when you really want to peel back the onion and make sure that you're on target and you're going and as prepared as you can be. Make sure you're asking people who are going to challenge your concept, your idea, and not yes you to death so that you really do go in better prepared with potential answers. So that's, you know, we all like to be yes to death, but. Well, and the other thing is that if you have connected with people, and let's say that your boss does say, hey, Connie, that's a great idea. I think we ought to run with it. You've already got some built-in allies. If you have already connected with people, have said, what do you think about this, have gotten a little bit of, of alignment from them, then you're not going to have as difficult time getting other people on board because yeah. you've already got a, a small core of support for whatever this may be. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But, yeah, very good point, Beth, very good point. All right, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I really want to talk about that balance of that communication upward so that we don't – we mentioned the self-serving or the presumptuous or manipulative. We mentioned those words already. How do we do that without appearing as if we're self-serving? So let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about that. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, trainings, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. We are back, and we are speaking with Beverly Langford. Um, she wrote a book called The Etiquette, uh, the Etiquette Edge, Modern Manners for Business Success. We're really talking about the communication up, down, left, right, every direction within organizations and with um, the people that we work with. So, Beverly, next question. How do we strike that balance of when we talk about communicating upward in an organization so that we don't prepare, uh, appear presumptuous, self-serving, manipulative, um, or any of those kind of negative words? Well, I think a lot of it is that you, you've got to put your message in the right perspective. Uh, as we said earlier, you've got to be thoroughly prepared so that you're comfortable 
any way the conversation goes. But you've also got to feel that you're right about whatever it is that you're preparing and that you can be passionate about your topic. Uh, I, I read an article some years ago by Deborah Tannen who said that she spoke with a, T, a CEO who said if someone proposed something to him and didn't bring it with confidence, it didn't matter how good the idea was, he wasn't going to accept it because if the person couldn't believe in his own idea, why should anyone else? And and so to me, that's a striking example of why that confidence is so important, that, that sincere belief that what you are proposing is going to be good for everybody, and that helps put it in the right perspective. But I also think it's important to put it in the perspective of what's important to the boss. Now, you said how do you keep from being manipulative or, or self-serving, and, and to me, we talk, you, you mentioned some great points earlier about analyzing your, your boss's personality, trying to get on the same page with that person, because if you can present things from what you know is that person's perspective, then it's going to go a long way toward having the person think, well, you know, she really knows what she's talking about here, and this can be good for us. So it's not about I, I, I. It's about we, and here's what can help us. Here's what can benefit the company. It's important, whatever you decide to present, to just do a quick review of the strategic goals of the company. What are the what are what's the big deal this year? What are we really working on? And that can help you frame your message so that it doesn't sound like it's something that you just decided you wanted to do because it's good for you, but it's something that is a that you're actually bringing it as a as a sort of service to the organization. That you're thinking about how you can serve the organization and make it better. Yeah, and and I don't I don't know about you, but what I'm seeing with my corporate clients across the board, and then even in industries that perhaps I'm not part of, but, you know, you speak with friends and, and their different industries that they, they're part of. The morale across, I think, the, the board is just so negative that companies, the perception, the employee's perception is that the company mantra is, you know, do more with less, um, you know, come in and, and do your work and be thankful that you have a job. And, yeah. and I, I think this is very much the tone of what I, I just, everybody that I speak with, they feel that way. How can we how can we, let's say that the perspective of the organization is always about cutting costs. I mean, what corporation is or organization isn't about cutting costs, right? Being mindful of, of the budget. But how can we go in with what the right perspective is if we feel that it, it's that whole mantra of do more with less, you're lucky to have a job? Right. Well, I think that, that one thing is that, uh, it's you know, communication is all about timing and relationships. And you don't want to go into to your boss uh, in a in a very obsequious way, but at the same time, uh, you don't want to go in in as as this person said to me in an arrogant way. If you can, in a subtle and professional way, just let your boss know that that you're thinking about uh, 
the things that are important to him or her and to just put it very casually that you that you have her back that mm-hmm. you're thinking about now i don't mean that you're running in telling on people or that you're uh trying to be the the, of the office mole i don't mean that at all but it means that you know that certain things are important to her or him, and so therefore you've been thinking about ways to help achieve some of those goals. So it, it, it makes it sound as though you want to be on the team, um, not leading the team, not running things, uh, that you're certainly aware of the realities of power. You know this person is the boss. You have great respect for this person. But you also know that, that there are certain things that this individual finds very important or challenging and that you're there. You want him or her to see you as an ally and a resource. What if, and, and I hope you can answer this, Beverly, so I hope I'm not going to take you by surprise, but what if the boss is just a real jerk? What do you do? Well, you have to decide, is it even worth bringing that information to the person? Uh, if, if the boss is a, is, is a real jerk, you may decide that it's not worth it. Uh, he may be one of the people one of my students told me just the other day about having a boss that takes everyone's ideas and then presents them to upper management as his own. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that still goes on. But it, you, you may want to uh, put some of your ideas in an email so mm-hmm. that you've got documentation. Uh, and give the the person some time to think about it, and then just try your best to pick a time when he's not so jerky. You know, when he may be or she may be in a good mood, or things may be going well, or the person really needs your help. Uh, and uh, figure a way not to blindside the person. Most managers, whether they're jerks or not, don't like don't like surprises, particularly unpleasant surprises. Absolutely. And so, if you can. If you can approach it as I'm here to help, I'm not here to to try to 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 to, to uh, be subservient. I'm not here to try to get special favors from you. I'm here to help. And then if they don't take it, then uh, stay good natured about it. Thank them for listening to your ideas, and and then try to come up with something else along the way. In a lot of cases, I know people whose first reactions are always no. And then after they think about it a little while, it becomes maybe, and in some cases it becomes, Connie, can we talk some more about this? I've been thinking about it. So you, there, there are a lot of different ways that you can try to manage someone who is not receptive to good ideas. Yeah, sometimes they need to percolate on the information um, to really see the value for the for the large organization for themselves whatever it might be what do you do if the boss just constantly puts you on ignore so let's say i know i know some organizations that you can block out like on outlook right i could go into beverly's calendar and block out a half hour of your time so that i can meet with you to discuss whatever that we need Mm -hmm. to discuss let's say something important and that manager continuously says oh i have another meeting i have to leave sorry i can't meet with you today beverly uh what do you do what do you do when you're kind of stonewalled like that 
Well, I, again, I think putting things in writing sometimes is helpful. It doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're copying everybody, but put it in writing and say, I've got some ideas that, that can really be helpful to the company. I have some issues I'd like to discuss. Tell me when it's a convenient time for you and maybe offer a half dozen dates or times and, and see if the person is, is at all open to meeting with you. Uh, you know, if somebody just completely stonewalls you, then you may want to think about, is this the right place for me to be working? Or is is this a place where uh, uh, maybe I can get a transfer into another another department or another area? I don't recommend, just because the boss ignores you and won't sit down and talk to you, I certainly don't recommend running to HR about that because a lot of times that ends up doing more harm than good. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what you think about that, but, you know, unless you have a, a really clear uh, grievance, I, I would be, I'd be careful about that. Yeah, uh, I, I, but that's very frustrating for somebody who simply will not give you the time of day, particularly if he or she's giving other people uh, an audience. Now, it may be this person just doesn't want to deal with anybody. And, and and we I know I've, I have worked in organizations with people like that that they only they only meet with people when they just simply don't have any other choice. Yeah, and, you know these exist, guys. We're we're trying to ha- help you explore different perspectives and different ways to approach the approachable bosses and the not approachable bosses. And I do agree. I've I've had difficult bosses in the past, and I've never gotten HR. It's just not worth it, and either move on or try to dissect this person, uh, their personality, so that you approach them in a better way uh, so that they're more receptive to your ideas on a regular basis, right? So kind of prove your worth by always approaching them in the right way. We have a couple of minutes left, Beverly. What are some keys, do's, and don'ts regarding communication with your manager that you kind of spotlight or highlight with the teams that you work with? Well, uh, just to recap some of the things that that I've said is, uh, first of all, spend as much time as you can trying to understand that person's personality. Uh, What are they like? What are they not like? Uh, As far as a don't, uh, don't just burst in with a half-baked idea that you thought of in the middle of the night and you can't wait to talk about it, and it really, you haven't fleshed it out at all, and you can't can't really answer any questions. Uh, uh, Make sure that you keep your boss up in in the loop uh, if you are working on something and the person has given you a tentative go ahead don't just run off and, and and work on it and then come back with the finished product because it may not be what that person wanted to begin with uh, as I said earlier if other people help you make sure that you give people credit it, it will come out sooner or later if you're stealing other people's ideas and claiming them as your own and just remember what keeps your boss awake at night what are the things that that person really finds challenging or important and try to come up with ideas that are going to speak to those issues not something that may just not be on that person's radar at all. Uh, yeah, uh, great tips. Um, be prepared. I mean, I, I just, I think we can't beat that dead horse, right? Be prepared. Um, definitely keep your boss in the loop. It's funny, I had an experience. Um, uh, somebody had approached me about 
doing some training and I was like yeah it's a great idea let's go to training see if there's budget for it right because I'm not the final say on that as a client and there was budget and then who the person reported to my assumption was this was an employee that was in that department right that would be my contact that they the boss was in the loop and then later on the boss kind of said to me you didn't keep me in the loop and I said well but the employee reports to you I you know I assumed that that internal communication was happening you know I can't have eyes in the back of my head with everything right. and we we kind of giggled about it she, you know she and I have a great relationship so it didn't do any harm per se but see shame on me for assuming that that internal communication was happening and you need to keep your boss in the loop no matter what you're working on because it, it ultimately is their you're their responsibility so they have to make sure that what you're projecting or what you're trying to create is part of their plan as well you know at the bigger level so you really do need to keep your your boss in the loop I agree with that one a hundred percent and yeah give credit if somebody gives you an idea oh my god shit tell people oh you know what Beverly told me because it it goes a long way and it it makes you better because then people will look at you like oh my god look at all Connie's people they always have these great ideas what is she doing in that department Maybe we should be doing that corporate-wide so it makes you look like this brilliant genius that you're grooming all these amazing people, right? Exactly, exactly. And and uh, when you need help from them, they're going to be willing to give it because you've given them credit all along. Absolutely. They'll roll up their sleeves. They'll dig in. They'll work overtime. You know, when you're good to people, they give it back to you, I find, a million fold you know you, you'll never you'll never be at a loss for support when you treat people with respect and again I don't care what direction of communication just be respectful and how we talk to people I, I think that goes a long way as well and, and just remembering just simply to say please and thank you that yeah. goes a long way as well yeah Sim simple right the simple niceties in life that we really do oftentimes forget because we're in such a rush just slow down uh, please and thank you matter Beverly, thank you again so much for being on. Great information. I hope some of our ideas have rattled people to the point where they'll try something new and perhaps uh, a different perspective on how to approach their boss or whoever they're having difficulty with communicating. If Great. you, I'm thank sorry, you. thank you for the opportunity. I Truly. enjoy it. Truly my pleasure. Um, you guys, if you would like to reach out to Beverly for more information, go to her website. No worries if you're driving. I will put this on the website, on the Architect of Change website. But it's www.lmmaryapplecommunication.com. So lmacommunication.com. Also, I do highly recommend uh, purchasing uh, Beverly's book, The Etiquette Edge, Modern Matters for Business Success. And again, you could get that on Amazon. I will put the name of the business in the write-up um, on Architect of Change website so you guys can find that on Amazon. And of course, Beverly Langford is the author. Also, if you need to reach me for information, ideas, or help with anything, or even if you want to share stories with me that you think will inspire others, uh, please reach me at my direct email, which is Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. Again, Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. I do respond to those personally. I don't have anyone checking those. So um, stay in contact with me as well. I love uh, feedback, and I love your emails. Uh, Beverly, thank you again for being just, just a wonderful, inspiring guest. And again, I hope our 
conversation has helped people maybe just look at things in a different way. Well, I hope so, too, and I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible and really easier than we oftentimes think. Um, Thank you again, Beverly. Thank you for your insights, and thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an inspired week. Try to communicate just a little bit better this week. Be well. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.